I'd watch the practice with none, none of my friends. friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Barney. Ball, they podcast it. Episode 52 means happy one year anniversary, Key. Practice podcast. We're going to wait through David E. Kelly's show, The Practice. This week we are up to season three, episode 15 Lawyers, Reporters, and Cockroaches. And apparently, this is our one year anniversary, is it not? It is indeed. I. I didn't. Uh... I didn't tell you because I was inviting you to a party tomorrow. Would you like to uh, come over for a little party tomorrow? I think I may. I, I sure hope the uh, entertainment's good. I heard we have some 4K HDR Super Bowl and some chili to celebrate. That sounds great. You know, I was thinking today, not only have we done a year uh, on the podcast, but we have not skipped a single week. I know, and that's including travel, holidays, holidays Christmases. I mean, some could say, some would say that we were able to do that because we have very little lives and those would be those few would be accurate and some would say some would say that frankly the users could probably use a break as much as we could that's true users. although at this rate we gain <laughs> i just called our listeners users well they they have to be users in order to actually endure this podcast so <laughs> anyway it's uh you know we we didn't. We set our bar very low. We had very few uh, official rules. One of them being no guests. The other one being we have to see it through. And thus far, we've done so. And anyone who listened to our last podcast, which is no one, <laughs> would know that consistency is clearly an issue in our partnership. Although it looks like we've jumped that hurdle. I we have so far. I mean, we're. Uh... I was actually doing the uh, the spreadsheet, filling I fill in all the episodes, and I have all of the uh, all the data there, and who wins all the oopsies, and our ratings, and the you know this that the other thing, and the length of time, and I figured out when we're gonna hit the midway point, which will be sometime in season five, I think. So we will actually hit our midpoint probably next year. Wait, midpoint of the series. Midpoint of the series. I thought there was only yeah. six seasons. No! There are eight seasons. Where are you, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> well, at the year part, maybe... It, okay, so we're not even close. <laughs> I thought I thought this was a three-year project, but look, clearly I'm wrong. No, no, no. There. 
I love how we've gotten this far into the podcast for you to realize that the practice ran for eight seasons. Well, the truth is, no, no, no. The truth is, is because I try to keep myself unsullied, I do very, I do very little. Like when I open up the IMDb to look at the cast, I try not to look at the summary. I try not to look at anything. Just no, and 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 nor should you. <laughs> I'm also incredibly lazy. But I would have imagined you would have looked up how long the series went. Do you know the other thing I don't want to know, which is why I try not to look at even the drop-down list? Because okay. I don't want to know when Bobby leaves. Oh. I know at some point he leaves because we get Spader, but I don't want to know when that is because it's going to break my goddamn heart. No, no, no. I, I will not. I will, I will not tell you... Uh, what's going on uh, with additions or departures from the cast? To quote a music, it's going to happen organic. We're going to hear you find out what's going on with the cast. I, to quote a musical theater song, I have grown accustomed to his dreamy, dreamy, dreamy face. Indeed, indeed, yes. Well, I also figured out while doing that that we are. Unless something crazy happens, including crossover episodes, including uh, season recaps, and so forth, we will do 179 episodes of Out of Practice. There's a good chance podcasts won't even be a thing by the time we finish. There's a good chance the Earth won't be a thing by the time we finish. Actually, I don't want to say it, but our country might... Democracy (laughs) isn't a thing anymore. (laughs) All right, well, you got there for me. We've already outlasted democracy. Congratulations to us. Oh, oh man. Uh, oh, boy. Well, you know I'm what? I'm not editing oh, any, any shady things we say out anymore because apparently accountability do- doesn't exist. No, no, it does not. No, it, I, although you, you edited last episode, I, although I didn't listen to it, so I don't actually know if you actually did. I did. I did it. I cut it all out. Oh, you're so classy. And usually I'm the one who gets all nervous about these things. Well, you know what? It was so fresh when the thing happened. I'm talking about we had mentioned Kobe Bryant. Those of you listening in the future, this that last week ep- aired the day of or the day before, day after Kobe uh, passed away in a helicopter crash. And there was all kinds of conflicting reporting and just bad journalism happening. And I was so afraid that literally the next day, as happen- tends to happen in this country, all of this bad stuff about the guy would come out and we would look like assholes for having even brought it up that hasn't quite happened but i still feel okay about taking all the stuff out yeah well fair enough i left every shitty thing we said about religion in though (laughs) (laughs) i know well we got an email from uh, our good friend richard who says he has some thoughts on the topic uh we have not we have he was going to send us a voicemail so we're waiting we want to hear your thoughts on that topic. Actually, have you checked the Anchor app, anchor.fm slash start, for anybody interested in using Anchor as a, a podcasting platform? But there's a whole place where you can leave voicemails for certain shows. Oh, how about that? Yeah, leave us a voicemail, folks. That would be, you know, I just think about how nice it would be to have a voice on this podcast that's not me or Mike. That isn't over-noise-gated or clipping or... Really, a year in, I'm still trying to narrow it down. Oh my! Uh, literally outside my window right now, we had a had a cat who was sleeping on the the shed um, yesterday. Just 
just a they're like a neighborhood cat. And so uh, we were trying to lure it in to be our cat and love us forever by putting a bowl of tuna out there. And he did eat some, but now a squirrel is going at it. So I don't know. We might have a, a whole menagerie of animals. There's a coming there's to live a conf- an interesting conflict uh, in Keith's household that I want to share with all of our viewers, listeners. <laughs> Every time I speak with Keith's wife. She mentions that she's allergic to cats. And every time yes. I talk to Keith, he's talking about how he's trying to acquire cats. And that's true. And when I mention that his wife's allergic, he always says, eh, it's not that bad. So I'm really interested to know what the truth is. And I will find out tomorrow as your wife is coming to my cat ridden apartment. She is. Well, here's another, another wrinkle okay. in that. She was the one who set the tuna out, oh. not me, to try to lure the cat in. So we have some uh, we have some conflicting information. Intr- conspiracy theory. <laughs> All right. Well, I think because apparently nobody loves mm-hmm. us, nobody joined the jury by leaving a uh, rating or review oh. on Apple Podcasts or sent us an email at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com we are going to dive right back into the time machine and go back and talk about February 21st 1999 and uh, yeah it was February if you're a West Wing weekly fan as I am which actually just uh, concluded its run congratulations with a fantastic final episode uh Josh Molina has such trouble saying the word February yeah. don't we all so he always I'm just not says sure I can spell it accurately month. without spell check I can't spell anything mm-hmm. accurately with or without spell check it's although honestly it Spellcheck has taught me not how to spell, but I know when I've gotten it wrong. I don't know how to get it right, but I know if I'm spelling a word incorrectly. Yeah, that's that's. I don't know if that's, that's what spellcheck does, Keith. Well, it does, it does. But I, the problem is like, oh, I know that the red squiggly line is going to be there, but I am lost as to how to fix it because usually I'm so wrong it can't even like guess what I meant. That's like when people lie about being able to speak in language and then you say, oh, you can speak Spanish? And they say, oh, well, I understand it. I just can't speak it. And you're like, that's a lie. That's that's not how it works. <laughs> yes, I know several words in Spanish that I can hear and recognize but never... Use I actually know a little bit more than I admit to because I'm so shy to use it. I mean, we live in New York City. Everybody speaks Spanish, and everywhere you go, that's a very useful thing to have some basic Spanish. And I know enough, but I feel like I know just enough to really embarrass myself. See, so I uh, so I use my white privilege and just speak English to people who speak Spanish, and they speak English back to me because I'm the dumb dumb who only knows one language. Keith Estas. Un Diablo Blanca. What's the puesto? Let's uh, continue. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> why don't? Oh boy, we're <laughs> woo. Oh, we're off to the run, off to the races. All right. Well, it is time to go back to February twenty first, nineteen ninety nine, and talk about what was going on. This day in the basement. So what were you up to? I promised that it was coming. The big, crushing, 
life dip <laughs> that uh, I was riding that high of senior year of high school. And this is where oh, the, the first... You've been teasing us and we've been waiting for it with bated breath. The first tease of real life started to come into my universe in a confluence of interesting events. So the first thing is that I was about a month into rehearsals for my first and only musical that I did in high school. Oh, no kidding. Which one? Uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh my god, I'm going to talk about Joseph in the, in the summer of 99. Wow, well this is the uh, winter of 99, and I was performing in my first musical in my first lead role as I was Joseph. You were Joseph too! I was, and it changed my life, I mean, in all, in all honesty. I mean, it, it's the yeah. first time I was really on st- stage in that type of role, not in a band behind, you know, a guitar, just kind of performing, and, and it was really cathartic because... At this point, my father uh, was having heart issues. He was having chest pains, and he went into the hospital to get checked out. And they told him that of all of his main chambers of his heart, four were blocked. Oh, fuck. So his heart was operating at 11%, and he had emergency open heart surgery. The full, Golly. The full chest zipper opened him up. And it was a struggle, you know, coming, recovering from that is very difficult. And I started to spend a lot of time at the hospital and sort of go into this place of what mm. I tend to do in trauma. I think a lot of people do is I sort of just get numb. And, and this is when I think we've spoken about it on the podcast, that asshole physics teacher I had failed me. I was doing poorly. My dad was in the hospital. I tried to explain it to him and he didn't want to hear it. So we'll do a re-fuck you to Mr. Maz. Mr. Maz, go fuck yourself. But the good news is that theater and being around these people and Miss Ebersol, who I've spoken about before, really kind of got me through a lot of that troublesome time. And the good news is that my dad fully recovered from his open heart surgery, further proving that wow. he was this Superman. I mean, you just couldn't keep him down. Now we're going to find out that all of this recovery that he does sort of leads to a a pretty shitty end. But... At least in this circumstance, he beat the shit out of this open-heart surgery, and uh, I, I was in mid-rehearsals for Joseph. So things are—real life is starting to smack me in the face, uh, and we'll, the story will be continued. Yeah, wow. I, 11%. I mean, w- did that happen gradually, or was it some sort of a, an attack? Or Well, you'll find as we go on that my, my dad suffered from— uh, type 2 diabetes, he was on many insulin shots, and so, you know, that really inhibits inhibits your body from healing. Mm. And generally that, you know, shows itself in open wounds and things of that nature, but apparently it also really affects your kidney function, and that is what ultimately had a side effect of, of damaging his heart. Mm. Uh, and yeah, he just, he didn't take good care of himself. He was working all the time. So, uh, Sure. It, it was it, it snuck up on us, but Lord knows if probably if he had been on top of it, he probably would have known that was happening. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll we'll go there, but on a uh, on a cheerier note, I'm going to make a promise okay. here on the podcast. At the end of this season, we are going to uh, perform Dueling Josephs <laughs> for the audience here. I think that's fair. Because we both played Joseph in 1999. I played a particularly fat Joseph. 
uh, <laughs> the summer of 99. You did not. I, w- I was average-shaped, but the costuming, you would never know, because I was wearing the baggiest, all-white sort of robe-type at thing. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah well, I, all right, and, we'll, and we'll post pictures from said productions uh yeah i was the joseph you did not have shirtless in act two that was going to be like that was a non-starter yeah you don't you don't have to you don't have to close every door but if you could go ahead and close enough of the door so we don't have to look at his fat ass (laughs) close every robe (laughs) his amazing technicolor (laughs) moo oh that's funny Oh my God! All right. Well, so look forward to yes. that. We're gonna, we got to throw. Yeah, we we'll do a duet. That sounds great. The, I'm sure the, dele- the delay amazing. will make it sound real great. <laughs> well, we won't do it live. Oh, okay. Do it live. No, we're do it live. No, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it fancy. Okay. All right. We're gonna throw it into Pro Tools. Oh, and I can't even wait. We're gonna do it. Yeah. So I'm sure everyone else can wait. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. All right, so uh, I was feeling every bit as miserable as you were, although the stakes were nowhere near as high. I was just feeling 19 at that point uh, because I went back into the archives trying because it's you know it's it's hard when you have no documentation of what was happening at this point. Although you apparently have everything documented, I have nothing from that time period. And so remembering what was happening on a specific date is pretty difficult. But uh, last week I talked about uh, my friend who wasn't my friend anymore and and how devastated I was by that. Well, I went back into my song archive. Yes, I Uh, love where this is going. (laughs) And wouldn't you know it, I actually had the date of the song I wrote about this experience, which was in February of 1999. Actually, exactly at this point, I was writing this song. I can't even say the title of the oh, song. Oh, well, you're not going to play it? Without giving away her... N- well, that's the thing. I have the lyrics. I have nothing else. Mm. I remember vaguely some of the melody, but... I thought it, I, it, I probably recorded it on a micro cassette somewhere back then, but I don't have it. It's gone. I, I believe that, unfortunately, this song uh, is lost to history. Thank to God. Can you give us a couplet from it? Uh, yeah, hold on. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. Oh, God. <laughs> this is going to be I'll 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 just read the int- the very beginning which is the most teenager con like lyric writing in history. To be fair, it was like the 10th song I'd ever written. They I actually had them numbered at that point. So, uh bear with me. I was 19 and it's the 10th song, but I believe that the beginning began I thought it was more than just a fairy tale. I dared to think that we had something more. I dared to think that we had a friendship. Wow. And then it goes, I gave myself to an insincere friendship. I laid myself out before what I thought was real. How could I be so far off base? I was looking for a friendship in the wrong place. I must be so lonely, I couldn't tell. So not a lot of that rhymes, Keith. No, I, I'm not a rhymer. I, 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 I am not someone who 
falls to the tyranny of rhymes. Though I would like to see how current day composer Keith would fit insincere friendship into a catchy tune. <laughs> oh, please. I mean, <laughs> if I ever write a song about this podcast. <laughs> so a teaser for next <laughs> teaser for next week. Uh, I'm going to show the camera here. I don't know if you can see that. I can't. Oh, hold on. I got to I got to make it bigger. Oh, look at that. Are are those it yours? It says Mike New Stuff and this is from March 1999. So Oh man, I don't remember any of these three songs. So Oh, I can't wait. Maybe I'll do an experiment and cuz next week would be March, right? In the podcast uh, times. No, just uh one more. Close enough. I'll just pick a random snippet. I won't pre-listen. <sighs> Yes. And we'll just play it. Although I will I do have to figure out how to get something from CD <laughs> to <laughs> computer because I no longer have any uh drives. Oh, you don't have a, Oh, no. Nobody do, Actually mine does. Give it to me. Oh, no. Tomorrow. <laughs> That's embarrassing, man. <laughs> okay. Deal. Oh, wait. No, deal. Time out. Okay. If you agree, if I agree to that, th- Oh, fuck you. Then you must agree. <laughs> to maybe a snippet of this. <laughs> That's the wrong year, though. Mike is showing me he found at his house when he, he was back in Philadelphia today uh, one of my old Christmas cop-out CDs. And that one, I think, is from like four or five years later. We'll get Do there. Do you know where this was hiding? Where was this, this hiding? Is the, Under a shelf, like holding up the end of a bookshelf? No, in or my a... sister's car. Why? Because she liked it, and so she took it. I think when we first met, I, I was like, or we were first doing something together, I was uh, playing it for her, and she kept it. Oh, I feel so sad for her right now. <laughs> well, you know, in in her defense, I don't, I don't think she's listened to CDs in 15 years, so. Well... Thank God. All right. Well, I've, I've one. More. We really need to get moving. But uh, the one last thought going through those lyrics of the song that I wrote about this girl, I kind of downplayed it. And you picked up on it exactly at the beginning. And I downplayed it because memory is funny. The song is about her wanting to be with me romantically. And I didn't. And so she, and so she couldn't be my friend in that situation. And it's so funny how you, you like memory works because in my head, it was a religion that thing? this, th- th- well, I mean, the religion thing was what she said that that was the excuse. But the obviously the subtext there was because I didn't want to be in a relationship with her. She didn't want to continue be- being my friend. But in my memory, her excuse became the reality of the situation. But going back to that time period, it was very clear that that, it, that's, at least that was only a part of what caused that. Funny. All right. Let's talk about what was going on in the world. Because <laughs> we've talked about ourselves for, you know, a good 45 minutes. Let's at least, <laughs> let's at least pretend that we're uh, interested in what, what's going on in the world uh hold on 
talk for a second. I have to I have to look up something. Since we didn't have any way to read our filings and subpoenas this week, help us fix that for next week. Give us a shout at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or check us out on the social media. Send us an Insta, as the kids say, at outofpracticepodcast. Do they? <laughs> or get your parents' credit card and go ahead to paypal.me slash oopsie, O-O-P-S-Y, and send us money. Send us all the money. <laughs> I should never have just given you the mic. That's <laughs> a terrible idea. Now you've learned. <laughs> Meanwhile, what I've pulled up is our number one song, which continued to be Angel of Mine by Monica. The top movie was Payback, the Mel Gibson film, uh, which returned to number one after a week off taking in $10 million wow. that weekend. Congrats, Mel. The, the Burlington Free Press talked about warm winter sets icy traps on lake. Mm. Do you know what that means? It means we're talking about weather, aren't we? We are talking about weather. We're actually talking about ice fishing. Okay. Uh, and uh, ice fishing is a big deal up in Vermont. And... Uh, so when the winter was warm, it's harder to tell whether you're safe to go out on the ice, and people frequently take their cars out there or puts up put up a little shed. And uh, have you ever ice fished? No. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah, <laughs> it's I gotta actually... say, I find regular fishing boring. So doing so whilst being cold sounds absolutely atrocious to me. We, for one winter, uh, or one Christmas, my father actually got us one of those ice fishing shed dealies. It's sort of like a halfway between a tent and a shed. It has like a, a base that you drag out on the ice and then you set it up and you have a little house, a little tent in there that you could warm up and this, that, the other thing. But it was, I think we only ever used it once because like I said, it's, it's boring. Mm. Much like this podcast, because we're going to talk about more weather stuff. I forgot to open up the thing though. So if you could go ahead and play that for me. Uh, it's only six minutes long. Uh, it's it literally is six <laughs> minutes long. All right, fine. This is for you, Can you tell me the way? Oh yes, I can, and I'm going to. Cause we all need to. In just a minute. Was it hot? Uh, Did it snow? Tell me the weather. From when? From 21 years ago. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back to winter. It's 40 balmy degrees here in Astoria, New York on February 21st, 2019. Nope, 1999. So get out there, go for a jog, but wear something warm. The high was 33 degrees, the low was 23 degrees, and that was your time machine weather. Okay, well, now we just wasted that time of your life, and it's time to waste some more with sports ball! The Winter Olympics were finishing up in Nagano, Japan. Germany edged out Norway for the most medals. 15-year-old Tara Lipinski took the gold in figure skating, leaving Michelle Kwan with the silver. The Czech Republic won gold in the ice hockey. In an upset, a stacked Canadian team took a disappointing fourth, and the U.S. team melted down in the quarterfiles and decided to take it out on their hotel room. Because yeah, reasons. I remember that. Remember that? When the U.S. hockey team trashed their hotel room? Did we ever talk about who won the Super Bowl that year? Uh, we 
We did not, but I can tell you because the practice was not on that weekend. Mm. But I can tell you the Denver Broncos beat the Atlanta Falcons, uh, completing John Elway's career and coming full circle, be- uh, beating Dan Reeves in the Super Bowl. Dan Reeves, who was John's first coach, and they left with acrimony, but this completed the career and the circle. Terrell Davis was the MVP. Chris Chandler was the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. The Dirty Bird Falcons. Sounds like an interesting story. It should be chronicled and maybe a musical. Maybe a musical, yeah. I mean, uh, I can't imagine why I would be able to extemporaneously know all that information <laughs> off the top of my head. <laughs> what else? Any oh, other, anything right. else we gotta do? I think it's time to talk about the damn episode, Please. which was written by David E. Kelly, series creator, with no help this time. Don't need it. And it, no help. He he needs no help. And it was directed by veteran director Denny Gordon. Uh, this was the fourth episode she directed after Cloudy with a Chance of Membranes, which leaves us with only one more annoying task to do before we start the episode, which is... What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? And before... You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? You before... You say what's gonna happen, I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. You're gonna hear one of those clips here in this episode today. Oh, that's crazy awesome. From the jingle. That's cool. Uh, we returned to Previously On's this week, and the Previously On uh, went totally around the asbestos case, or the asbestos firm that uh, we we ruled down, We that we voted against uh, that client, even though Eleanor said it would bring a bunch of money in, but Bobby and Lindsay, as kind of a boyfriend-girlfriend team, had enough votes to rule it down. That's what the Previously On talked about. So clearly, we're going to revisit that dynamic. That is not a prediction that I can say for certain because unless the previously on was just completely for nothing. So I'm going to say that that covers the lawyers of reporters, lawyers, reporters, and cockroaches. My other guess will be that we are going to deal with a case of some sort of cockroach infestation of some sort of building or house or apartment or business. Um, We will be defending uh, someone who is being sued because they're a shitty landlord. That's my that's my prediction for this week. Okay. Well, that sounds uh, sounds pretty good. I also predict we're going to run an ad right now. Oh, it's going to sound great. Well, one of those two things was correct. We ran an ad, but it did not sound great. I thought it sounded good. Yeah, well, I guess... I put almost three minutes of effort into that ad. Yeah, I can tell because it's three goddamn minutes long. (laughs) Says the guy with the 45-minute jingle. (laughs) Well, once you start recording, you're like, if I only do 20 seconds, it's sort of a waste to pull all this equipment out. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, The Practice, Season 3, Episode 15, Lawyers, Reporters, and Cockroaches? This should be a two-day trial tops. Two days? We're putting up two witnesses. They're calling one. We'll be going to a jury by the end of the week. 
Listen, closing arguments, I think I should do it. Why? Well, you're doing the witnesses, and I'll have more time to... Uh, that's not what you meant. Sorry? No, you said you should do it like you'd be better, not like you'd have more time to prepare. Lovers no, I quarrel. Didn't like that. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Touchy, Arby, Bobby. I little inflections. I know when you said that, you meant you'd be more qualified to do the closing. Now, you could either tell me why you think you're more qualified or not. And if you don't, I have to take that as a lie. Are you a liar? He's fucking around, right? This weird That's lawyer really foreplay. You're just such a clever lawyer. So good, it's just hard to imagine. Now they're grinning and it's getting uncomfortable and flirty. Imagine yeah, that yeah. I can believe that I'm more qualified to do the closing. But I am. Yeah, the kissing. Ew! Mike is thirsty. Mike is thirsty. Not smart to try cases together. Maybe not. That went together way too well. <laughs> oh, the, the breathing and kissing noises are tough. Okay, so what you're not seeing here is they're clearly making out on the desk, making a ton of noise, and we zoom out and we see Miss Front Poor Eleanor is like listening, having to work and listen to that bullshit. And the look on her face describes how I feel about it too. Oh, please. Uh, we're on the same page there, Eleanor. Agreed, Eleanor. Agreed. So, like, that entire teaser was what? I guess it's just... Just, like, watching them do foreplay? Yeah, that that is accurate. And re-emphasizing how gross they're being in that office. Because you know they're about to go do it on the couch again like they did before. At least they had clothes on. It's not like that one with Helen where they were like nude and on the phone. Oh, well, at least... But that was in their apartment. That wasn't literally in the... And But to be fair, Bobby and Lindsay have done it in Bobby's office on the couch. We definitely saw that. On pizza boxes. Oh. On the tire. He's Swedish. Blonde. Doesn't speak a word of English. Refrigerator cam. Deep tissue my thigh till I. Don't rub it in, Helen. You can still come with facial following, the massage, seaweed wrap. I'm in trial. You know I'm in. You know I've given it three weeks, four weeks. Uh, I don't like the bangs. Sorry, Helen. Don't like the bangs. Yeah, I do. I still do like their apartment with all of its unnecessary columns. Mm Trial? Settle it. Sorry, there's a little more involved than something. I like the bob. Pet. I don't like the bangs. Supposedly, this guy gives a standing massage too. You move with it. I mean, it's very That's clear Helen needs needs a day off. This is the second episode, maybe in a row, that she's been trying to get a take some time off work and get a massage. She's like obsessed with self care. That's yep. all she talks about. Hey, work life balance is important. I get that rub from Bobby. Gross. Funny. They tell me it's because of our popularity, because of the cuisine, because everybody in the city wants to eat there. That was the nature of the piece, and, uh, and that's why I gave them full access to do the piece. And what happened? Ben. Instead of doing a positive feature, as they promised, they ambushed me with this, this big story on bugs. Bugs? Bugs in the kitchen. Bugs on the floor. They condemn my restaurant as unsanitary. It's the lead story on the news. My restaurant is closed. My reputation is destroyed by those liars 
Objection. Sustained. All right, it's time to talk about... Guy with a lot of bugs! Cockroach? The restaurant owner with a lot of bugs and a a bug up his ass about a a, (laughs) a report about his restaurant being full of bugs is played by John Capodice. Who, or... Capadice? I'm assuming Capadice because he's Italian. Uh, from the West Wing, Angel, Ringmaster, Ellen, The Phantom, Speed, and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I love that movie. Keith, what does his family say when he walks in the door? Capadice! Oh, all right. I, I got there. I got there by the end Had of the Had they not represented word. to you that this would be a positive news story? Would you have granted the interview and, and let the cameras in? Of course not. Their ticket to admission was a lie. Thank you. Hmm. Do you deny that they discovered bugs? Any restaurant has bugs. You got food, you get bugs. It's not like we serve them. And if I'm a patron sitting in your restaurant and I ask if you have bugs, is that the answer you'd give? I haven't been asked that question in 20 years. And if you were in my restaurant, sir, you wouldn't ask it. You'd only be thinking of how good the food is. You could be more humble. All right, for God's it is sense. time. I know that lawyer from somewhere. Attend the tale of Len Cariou. Is that Len Cariou? That lawyer is played by Len Cariou, the original Tony-winning Sweeney Todd. He was also in the original Little Night Music and thirteen Broadway shows. Uh, but most of you would know him as the patriarch of the Reagan family on Blue Bloods. He's also been on Damages, Brotherhood, Murder, She Wrote, Spotlight, and on Star Trek Voyager, he played Janeway's father, Admiral Janeway, in the episode Coda. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. Len Carrier. They say he's a killer on Cross. No father. He is. Humility isn't something I do. Once in 20 years, you could try it. Oh, don't talk to me like that, Pamela. This is our Look, life's she's work. She's right, Dad. Don't you talk to me. Either. 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 I'm not going to help you. Why are you going to help you? You guys are shouting at each other like this firm. We need those jurors to feel sorry for you. I don't want pity for me. I want anger against that news station. They're not going to punish the news station if you behave like an ass. Now look, if you killed a baby, I could it sweep this mean. under the rug. But there's bugs. <laughs> we gotta face it head on. <laughs> this restaurant, it was everything to our family. The underscore tells me they're very sad about it. Yeah, they're sad about their restaurant being shut down because it was just one big ball of bugs. I gotta be an A. It's gonna go fast. You want it? You mean, can you dump it on me? Blue Jack? It is a trial. There are six-year associates across the street still waiting for their first jury trial. Do you have any idea? I can hear the sweet song of the Blue Jack. <laughs> It'll be good experience. Oh my God, all Rebecca has done this season Jack, is complain about being Which I was supposed to finish by the first of the year, which I would have finished, but for a few Blue Jacks dumped on me with the best of intentions. Take a drink every time they say Blue Jack. Does that Lucy <laughs> take care of all this stuff now? Do we really want Lucy to know how much we all make? I heard that. Well, how much money do we all make? I'm a partner. I get access to the books now, remember? So she's not she's gonna make less money than Lindsay, isn't she? 
Ah, uh, I think that's probably a, uh, if you're I paying attention at home. Rebecca, I'm a partner. Of course I can see what people are making in my partnership. Okay. That's salary Okay, plus pause it right there drop. because I can talk you through what everybody, I have it, don't okay. worry. <laughs> I have the list of what everybody makes in the office. Oh, Guys, shit. Guys, Bobby Donnell makes $250,000 a year. Eleanor Frutt makes $120,000 a year. Eugene makes $112,000 a year. Rebecca makes sixty. Jimmy makes fifty-two, and Lucy, the paralegal, makes thirty-one. What sticks out here is Lindsay Dole makes two hundred and forty-two thousand dollars a year. And uh, the other thing that you might not have picked up on—obviously, there's going to be plot implications for this—but if you look uh, a little bit lower. Bobby Donald's hourly rate is only $250 an hour. That is absurdly <laughs> that is low. About half. That is half of what my lawyer costs. What am I doing? I could murder somebody for the what I'm paying. Now, Lucy making 315 in 1999 is still pretty low, but as entry level paralegal, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, in 90s, I mean, that's probably Forty-five, fifty in today's money. That's really good money. But there, Rebecca, yeah, she's a partner. But her and her and James and Jimmy make a. They are not making enough money. No, no, they are not. Nor is, nor is uh, Eugene, for that matter. Nor, nor is Eugene. No, seriously. When it comes down to like who does the most work, we're going to talk about it later, and it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> oh, interesting. By the way. What's the address of their uh, apartment, talk about of their building? 123 Main Street. <laughs> Main, Main Wait, 123 Main Street. Yep, they didn't even spell check it. Spell street, right. <laughs> <laughs> and their number is 617-555. 1212. But they didn't even put a space after the number. This They were not expecting people to freeze frame in the 90s. Wow, they live Bob on Main Street. It's insurance. <laughs> Is that right? I didn't catch that the yeah. first time. Why? Lindsay makes twice my salary? Well, Eleanor, she brings in a lot of business. Her percentage should Twice? Is... Eleanor, she makes almost as much as Bobby. You should know. He makes six figures. Where's Bobby? Yeah, he's in trial. Lindsay. Ah. What's the matter? Nothing. I don't believe you. <laughs> All right, it's time for... Parishioners, it is time to contemplate the answer to one of God's greatest mysteries. What the hell is It appears to be a couch that's been painted fluorescent that she's taken the upholstery off of and turned into a shirt. Now, is that, do you think, would we call that in the Paisley family? No, I, I think it's like kind of fluorescent. Like that green and blue, but it's like, it has the pattern of like an of your grandma's couch with the colors of like a 12 year old in 1992 actually i've got a better one imagine if you will a very floral uh rose nylon on the golden girls something she would wear but then vacuum seal it to her body yes yes that that's that that makes right with the uh, yeah the color scheme is sort of like skittles vomit <laughs> 
It'll have to wait till tomorrow. I'm off to enter a plea that I'm having a spa day. You sure are. Yeah, lucky me. My first day off in a year. All right, bye. This just in. So she's not getting that spa day. <laughs> no, because this this is... While Rebecca complains about getting loojacked, all, all Helen does is try to go to the spa and then have something come up stopping it. Hello. Uh, Miss Gamble? I'm Sylvie Tyler. It was my cat who was killed. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, please. I was curious. You don't plan to call me as a witness? Well, there's not going to be a trial. The defendant's pleading guilty. I see. Perfect. So he'll go to jail? No, he'll probably be put on probation. What does that mean? That, uh... He'll be on probation, probably for a year. So nothing will happen to him? I don't mean to sound like a doddering old loon, Miss Gamble. But I was widowed 13 years ago. For the past 11 years, Candy... That was her name, Candy. She's been my dearest friend. I want to laugh, the but this lady's killing it. The boy knew that. She's amazing. He was a neighbor. He knew what... I want him put on the stand. Right meow. It's not so bad to murder somebody's cat. Okay. Old lady who's giving a great performance. It's doddering old loon, Keith. Doddering old loon. No, oh, sorry. That doddering old loon teaching us to not fuck with cats is Patience Cleveland from Psycho 3 and all the way back to My Three Sons and Green Acres and Seinfeld. Wow. What a pussy. So. What's the say what now? She <laughs> loved I said she loved her pussy. Yeah, well, hey, look, we've just talked about we've we've talked at length about how much we love cats and don't fuck with this lady's cats. I I I uh I, I'm on her side. Meow too. Hashtag get it going. This is not the tale for that kind of jokes. I have a massage. Instead She's of never going to get herself care. We found these little guys. Oh. Or I should say these big guys. And they were Those cockroaches everywhere. are huge. Wondering what gives the clam chowder that little extra Pretty tang. sure those aren't indigenous. Well, it just might be. Those aren't African sister. hissing ones, but I have never seen those in the After this, this aired, business went down. But they're good died. Team. Our gross went from 70000 a week to twenty-three. After two months, we had to close our doors. Had you made any other changes? The menu, the chef, anything else that could possibly account for your sudden plunge in this popularity. The son of there the were no changes on the stand. in personnel or substance. Played by David Velvet. Who's that broadcast? From Crocodile to Destroyed Death us. Swamp. You are the manager. I am. As well as the son of the chef. It's a family business. Yes. And you don't actually deny the allegations contained in that broadcast, do you? 
I certainly dispute the charge that our corn chowder gets its flavor from a cockroach. But the substance of that broadcast was that the place was bug infested. And neither you nor your father take issue with that. And here you are suing a news company. Objection. Objection. Argumentative. Sustained. Was my client guilty of any factual inaccuracies, to your knowledge? They were guilty of lying to us about the nature of... The In the broadcast that we just saw on the monitor, were there any factual inaccuracies, to your knowledge? The statements were exaggerated. Why didn't you sue for defamation? Objection! Objection. Your lawyer Has anybody you ever no seen Kitchen Nightmares? Objection! Sustained! You are not here today disputing... Yes, Judge Orville Redenbacher? ...the truth of uh, my client's actually, broadcast, are Judge you, sir? Joe, Joe Campanella playing judge joe camp who we have seen before <laughs> but like literally between when this aired and today the entire genre of tv shows about going in and showing disgusting things in restaurants have been has been created i mean there's got to be at least 10 different tv shows where that is the entire show yeah anyway I mean, there's TV shows about the doctors who pop pimples now. I mean, it doesn't matter. Whatever you, whatever you got, we'll put it on TV. That is... Well, there's no. a few more channels now. <laughs> Thank you. One more airtime to fill. People Absolutely. listen to us, for That's God's sake. That's a good point. That is a very good the point. The plaintiff's rest, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, what does my step down? You know what I really want to do today? Listen to two mm. other dudes watch a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> From 20 years ago. <laughs> Your Honor, at this time we move for a directed verdict in favor of the defendant. I'll hear arguments after lunch. Adjourned. Murmur, 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 murmur. What's going on? What is this directed verdict? They're basically arguing that we haven't made a case and they shouldn't even be forced to put on a defense. We haven't made a case? We've got some First Amendment problems. Which Lindsay will address? I don't expect this to set us back, but we only have an hour, so we need to prepare and we'll meet you right back here. Come on. I'll address it? Me? Well, you're the constitutional expert here. I'm also second chair. Just think of it as a closing, oh, all right? Oh, funny, Bobby. Oh, never mind. I want time. Excuse me? I'll give you a year. Six months suspended, six served. Ha, ha, ha. Best offer, Billy. Best offer? Last night we had a deal. You were going to spend the day in seaweed. I changed my mind. Helen, it was a cat. I met the owner. When I said probation, I, I had trouble looking her in the eye. I'm giving you a guilty at trial you could lose, and then you'll really Billy, six months served or no deal. He starts Billy's college in the fall. I'm not about to agree six months. Then we go to trial. It was a cat! 242,000? Am I overreacting? I did mean, we I miss know how the cat died? How these guys just killed the cat? Uh, we have not heard the specifics of it, but it is a uh, high school age kid who killed his neighbor's cat and knew it was his neighbor's cat who his neighbor loved because that's number one warning sign for a serial yeah, that's killer. That's not good. She brings in business, but to be making twice what we do? Well, the partnership agreement is pretty clear. The formula is... Yes, the formula favors who brings in the business, but when we vote on new business and Lindsay getting one vote and Bobby getting two plus the tiebreaker with only three other voting partners the two of them control Eleanor they sleep together Eugene who are we kidding she makes twice what we make you forget that we became partners because of her power play it went to our benefit you're that forgetting that it was a power play look at these numbers numbers are numbers they are not subject to interpretation you know this actually explains 
it answers a question that I didn't quite understand uh, when they had that big fight about taking that case. And I, I'm sure they brought it up then, but I don't think I clocked it quite so clearly. I didn't understand why Eleanor was so pissed about not getting the case because it's not just that the firm makes more money and then she gets a little bit more of that. She gets a, a much bigger percentage of that case because she brought it in. So them shutting down her getting that asbestos case probably cost Eleanor individually, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And now I understand why she was more pissed about it than I thought it made sense. But if I went and blocked my coworker from making, you know, $100,000, I would imagine I would understand why they'd be pissed with pissed Totally get it. However, there are two other points that Eugene raised but are that are important. A, they knew the partnership agreement in advance. They read it. They knew the formula. They moved forward with it. They have a partnership because Lindsay made the play for it. Nobody seemed to be to give a shit, you know, prior, especially Eugene, nor well, Eleanor. Be- because Lindsay and Bobby weren't sleeping together yet. And they also weren't the two people making more money than the other six combined. Yeah, but she's tacitly inferring that they they put they put her down they 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 voted her motion down so as to cost her money which if if you feel like people are at you against you like that go work somewhere else no i don't think she's saying that i'm just saying i think she's just saying that like because they're a package deal the rest of them have no power they definitely well yeah i mean you're right i mean like in the same position i'd probably be pissed too but i don't know that i'd feel like i had a firm case about it Hey, you know what we just did? We uh, Mike and I just improv the whole rest of the episode, but shittier. <laughs> Man, I wish we had a 10-second jingle about that. <laughs> By the way, I have a lead on transcripts of the episodes. Or oh, do you? I am not comfortable having this conversation. Why? I did not show you those salaries Tell to start up some revolt. It's not a revolt. We have an issue here. Are we all going to just ignore it? Look, Eleanor, I don't like making half of what she earns either, but the idea that there's some evil conspiracy going on... I am not on? saying that. Yes, I... you are. That's why we're having a secret meeting. It's not secret, Rebecca. Okay, right. Then where's Bobby? Where's Lindsay? In trial. Well, then why can't we wait till then? I mean, if you have a problem with somebody, go face to face. I don't like the smell of this meeting, and I'm no longer in it. Wow, rebecca She's going to back Bobby no matter what. I'm backing him, too, at least until I speak to him. As for Lindsay, you're making her into something that she isn't. She's good. Am I making her into that? What? I I don't understand that line. David. Get the red pen, buddy. (sighs) Nothing in the broadcast was untrue. This isn't a libel case. It's fraud. The truth of the broadcast isn't the issue. It's the truth of the promise that got them access to you the website. You cannot decide whether that promise was broken without first evaluating the content of yeah, the broadcast. Yeah, right there this is a complete in that shot, the First Amendment. L- Len Cario to- has a cut on his nose, and that's the only shot he had it in. They covered it up after that. It was odd. At 14... 14- to do with the First Amendment. Have you read the Bill of Rights lately? Yes, and I've also read the Food Line case. And ABC made the same freedom of the press, flag-waving defense. It didn't work there, and it's not going to work here because the issue here is fraud. Did the defendant commit fraud against the plaintiff? also getting a great shot of Emo Lindsay. Did the plaintiff sustain injuries as a result of the fraud? The answer to both questions 
is yes. Come on, counsel. Whichever way you phrase it, you are suing a news station over the content of a broadcast. The conduct for the basis of the suit is the misrepresentation. Yes, yes, you continue to frame the issue very nicely, but the net result is the same. A news station is being sued for undercover reporting. They can do undercover work, but they just can't commit fraud against somebody. I suppose somebody they when snuck in, uninvited, and filmed the cockroaches. Then you sue for trespass and claim harm from trespass. Nothing to do with the First Amendment, right? These are good questions from an appellate court judge. But you're a trial court judge. The only question you should be asking is, have we set forth facts to support our claim? And under existing law, under Food Lion, we have. First of all, this is not Food Lion. Here we have an assault on the freedom of the press. Not to mention the integrity of journalism. Gee, I'd hate to attack the integrity of journalism. Your client should have saluted those cockroaches out of professional courtesy. Oh, you're very clever. All right, all right. Or how about the restaurant Look, should be infested like with cockroaches? But for now, I'll let it continue. Let's bring in the jury. Mr. Wyland, you may begin your defense. Hey, uh, Bobby, Lindsay, I don't think I'm on your side. Ready for trial? Yes, Your Honor. This is the dead animal case? Yes. I thought there was going to be a plea. We couldn't come to an agreement on sentencing, Your Honor. She wants time. What do you mean, she wants time? She wants time. Time served? Yes, for extreme abuse towards a domestic animal. Yes, Your Honor, I believe time is warranted. Serious? Serious. <laughs> Serious. All right. Let's That serious judge is played by Tom Barry from Fast and the Furious, Space Jam, Independence Day, Texas Chainsaw 3D, and Cold Case. Gotta love Cold Case. Let me ask you, Keith, Yeah. as our resident practice expert, yes. it seems a little out of character for Lindsay, regardless of how, not Lindsay, excuse me, Helen, regardless of how effective and persuasive the... Uh, Patience Cleveland, playing Sylvie Tyler, was in her uh, exhibit of emotion for her cat, that she mm -hmm. would still go to trial for this. However, wasn't it uh, Helen who had that whole episode arc about like her grandma and the and the her grandma's passing, and and maybe maybe yes. there's some sort of emotional tie. She maybe she reminds her of her. Yeah, no, I I think that's probably true uh helen also is somebody who is susceptible to the emotional plea you know she protected that kid witness mm -hmm. and and so and so forth so you know she's she's a badass in court and you don't want to fuck with her because she will literally have you murdered by the police mm, true but she does have a heart in these situations oh, okay panel then your honor the defense is still willing to plead guilty so we can go right to sentencing now excellent Wait a second. I'd like a trial. What? I'd like to go forward with a trial. Forgive me, counsel. I skipped my ganko this morning. I got a defendant wanting to plead guilty and a prosecutor demanding a trial. What the hell is going on? He wants to proceed to sentencing because he detects a predisposition on your part not to give time. I sense the same predisposition. I'm confident after you hear eyewitness testimony of what actually happened, that predisposition will change. Now you want to inflame me. I want you to get a true picture. I get the picture. The defendant killed a cat. If he's pleading guilty, we're not going through the charade of a trial for color commentary. A guilty finding is entered. I'd like to be heard on sentencing before you rule, Your Honor. One hour. We're back in. 
actually. Well, see, that's the best My of... My intent was to do a like, positive that's a piece. Win that's for her. not something that I was like they're, just They're saying. playing it like but it's not a win. Point, this way, they don't have a trial about whether or not he did it. They go straight to sentencing, and they're just arguing how much punishment. So she... she rem In that, that situation, removed the risk of the guy being found not guilty and having no consequences. And instead just went to what type of consequences yeah i so, guess though you know through the full trial you'd get a more specific picture of the malice of intent xyz here from witnesses blah 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 and if you if you sense a predisposition on the judge's part you can possibly influence that more if you have more breadth of a trial that's true uh but even in sentencing uh back in the 90s uh there were these things called witnesses that you could still mm. call in during sentencing. Uh, it was a, it was a quaint thing that happened back then. You're able to like during a trial, you call witnesses uh, that said like, "Hey, I saw what happened. That the thing that we're talking mm -hmm. about, and we should have somebody who saw it actually come oh, in and talk about it." It was it was a weird thing from but the nineties. Don't 90s. you think it would just be easier if we just wait for the next presidential election to decide whether this guy should go to jail or not? Yeah. Uh, oh, the the next election that the whole trial's about him cheating in. Right. Yeah. So we should have. So so after so after he cheats in it, we'll know whether or not <clears throat> what does what does it yeah Ugh. kill us. That point came when we discovered how unsanitary the kitchen was. This was a reveal. <laughs> Beard, is that, is that the sound they soft-shelled the liberal yes, makes? Yes, and that's the story we wanted to tell. But when I saw how filthy it was back there, it became a bigger story. And a more important one for people to hear, given the health issues. But to be clear, after you were given permission to come in and film, your intent was to do the positive story. Yes. You never would have lied. To get access. Fan. No. Different fan. When you decided to switch the focus to attack the restaurant on sanitary grounds, did you tell anybody at the restaurant? No. You just continued to film? Yes. Were you being honorable when you changed yeah. the... It doesn't matter. Just tell Unless the they truth. explicitly agreed found. that, hey, don't mention anything about bugs, and then they did, I'd say we have sort of a, a conversation to be had. But even if they didn't explicitly agree, he's press. Like, you know, like, if a, if I'm talking to a reporter and like, all right, we're going to talk about the deficit, and then the reporter sees me murder somebody, they can report yeah. on it. Well, didn't we just go through this with Pompeo? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we could just, we sure did. we're going to make everything an analog to what's happening in our yes. fucked up country oh, right now. God. It, well, we're doing a legal drama after the death That's of true. the legal, the, of the court system. Focus and didn't tell my Meanwhile, client you were this, not this reporter is played by Jeff Yeager who was in V, Six Feet Under, Angel, Reba, and was on two episodes of Voyager. He played Aiden in Flesh and Blood, Part 1 and 2. Unnecessary Star Trek! He also, he also right. mixes very well with Red Bull. Ash's restaurant? I'm a news reporter, Mr. Donald. You're a news reporter. Jaeger bombs? Does that mean you were being honorable, or is that the justification for being dishonorable? Oh, okay. yes. Keith's perplexed face. I... No, 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 well, because I... <laughs> <laughs> this is the the stupid part of my brain. I was only thinking of him as his character name on Star Trek. I, I forgot he had a real name. Uh, I'm like, Aiden? What does that have to do with it? For the record, him? everyone, I'm an episode ahead of Keith in Picard. So, who's... 
That's Who's true. Who's the fan here? That's the I'll, question. Look, I was I had look. Hockey is live. Picard is not. I had to watch hockey. You wait much longer. Picard might not be alive. Hmm. Oh. Objection overruled. At the time you changed what if they killed your focus off in episode two. In episode two. He would have thrown us out. You didn't want him to know the truth. At that point, you can't handle the no. truth. Do you know whether my client's restaurant received any code violations? To my knowledge, they have not. Did you mention that in your broadcast? Just because a restaurant hasn't been cited doesn't Question mean that. Question before you is: Did well, you report that's another in your story broadcast that my client's restaurant suck. has never been cited for any sanitary code violation? We did not report that, Mr. Sawyer. What did you think would happen to my client's restaurant after you aired this piece? I knew it would be detrimental. You knew it would be detrimental? Did you consider that it might destroy his business? Of course. That's not his job. I had to consider that. So you knew you were being deceptive, and you knew they'd get hurt by relying on your deception. That's pretty much it, right, Mr. Sawyer? Expose reporting. I think we need a new jingle that goes, Bobby's wrong. (laughs) Literally on my notes. For minute 19 is the quote, Bobby, you wrong. <laughs> at the exact, and we are at 19 minutes wow, in the that's episode. Weird. We should cut just that, what I just said out. I think that fits. Bobby's <laughs> wrong. Bobby's wrong. He's a tough business. Yeah, we'll put them together. Yeah. Yeah, like great. Tougher on some than others, I guess. <laughs> uh, pass. Mike is Basically, thirsty. I'll just ask you to talk about the loss you feel. You can do it in a narrative, but I think I can make it more effective with the Q&A. Okay. And then with the witness, Mr. Patterson, I'll ask him to describe how he saw the cat killed. Okay. You might want to leave the room for that part. This judge, he doesn't seem to care much. You have to realize, these judges deal with rapists and murderers on a daily basis. She she was ruining the fabric. Some of my friends said, get her declawed. I couldn't do it. I thought, what if she gets chased by a dog and wants to defend herself? Also, it's torture. Mutilation. Now illegal. I never thought to protect her against teenagers. How you doing, Jimmy? Now in a segment called Little Known Facts That Mean Nothing to No One, it seems Mm. that Jimmy's keyboard is missing the F6 key. Is it? Well, that's probably why they misspelled street. I just put an N on the end of it. (laughs) How's things with you? Good. Jimmy, it seems to me you make 50 grand. Listen, I think the time is right to bring you up for partner. Bobby said to wait a year, it's been a year, and with your big win over Tommy Silva, you know, timing's everything, they say. She just wants your vote. She wants your vote, Jimmy. She's playing you like a fiddle. She sure is. But let the record show, I also agree that it's time to make him partner. Agreed. So, I just wanted you to know, I fully support it. Thank you. Eleanor's a better liar than that. Sure. I think you did some damage. I hope. So all closed, right? Why? Because I've been preparing it. I, mean, oh. I thought we discussed that. I mean, you keep dodging my question. Why do you think that you're better at closing than I am? Can we just no, skip that? that? I'd d- really, I'd really like to know. Stop this okay. bullshit. Okay. Your Why is he leaning over her in like the most um, lecherous way more possible? Like 
clinical well, persuasion. I don't know that lecherous is the right word here. Let's not let's not oversell it. They are together, but they are at work. They're they're like at work discussing work, and he has her bent over backwards over a desk while they have a legal discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, in defense of all women, Keith Barney. <laughs> <laughs> and and standing up and banging the righteous sympathy drum isn't going to sell the jury. I mean, they saw all those bugs. No, I, I don't bang the sympathy drum, no, Benzie. I, I mean, that's not my well, style. I bang I another that's drum. A compliment. It's that's very a persuasive. Banging the sympathy drum? Why are you so sensitive? Well, because you know you make me sound like I'm like I'm Johnny Cochran Johnny or something. Johnny Cochran's a good lawyer. If you like pulpit thumping closings, I don't do that. All I'm saying or trying Johnny to say Cochran. is neutral legal reasoning works best here. You mean dry? Excuse me. Nothing. Uh, you think I'm dry? No, I don't. My closings uh, are not dry. Lindsay, you're a great lawyer, but Clarence Darrow, you're not. Oh, and you are? Name drop. No, the jury is bored by the time summations roll around. If you don't stir things bored? up... Bored? It's a one-day trial. I'm talking in general. I'm talking here. If you go in there and rant out of anger or outrage, we'll lose. A velvet glove is better here, dammit, and I am not dry. Is this the velvet glove I'm hearing? Oh, shut up. Fine, you do the closing. Fine. What are you doing? Well, I was about to knock. I never know what I'm going to interrupt. What's up? Anna? That's good point. fair. Absolutely fair. Um, there's some partnership issues. I'd like to talk maybe after this trial is over or whenever you come up for air. What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. I think it's fair. The money stuff we can get to, but I think it's fair to say I feel that your relationship is affecting work. Yeah. I, I it clearly is, and that's not good for the firm, which she is now a partner of. Therefore, she has a now. Stake. Let's bring in the walking couch cushion because apparently Lucy's probably HR as well. So let's see what she has to say. <laughs> I think she needs a big vacation, Bobby. With three votes, we can give her one. Ooh, what the hell? Everybody's on edge. Nobody's had a massage in a while, apparently. Nobody, no self-care. This is a sentencing hearing. And you can call witnesses at a sentencing this hearing. This is a cheap stunt to exploit your See? sympathy, Your Honor. I object and to I the insulting accusation that you would be manipulated by a witness. A judge should get a little more credit than that. Thank you for your support, counsel. <laughs> I'm touched. I won't take He's that good. much of the like time. I'll hear from one person great. only. The owner of the pet or the eyewitness. Your pick. If I promise to be brief with One both. witness only. John Bolton? Hmm. Unnecessary. Oh, I call Chris ouch. Patterson. In fact, you can't even look at the manuscript. I was in the middle lane. I was probably traveling around 60 when this green station wagon passed me. Did you see who was inside? Little Not fan. then. When the car pulled into my lane in front of me, it looked like three kids, high school age about. Uh, I never really saw their faces. Could you tell us what happened next? The driver reached out his side window holding something. I thought it was a stuffed animal. It was orange colored. Then I saw its legs moving. I could tell it was alive. I thought, what's going on? Then after five or ten seconds, he let it go. That's fucked up, by the way. So fucked up, but what a good move. Smart, lo smart move by Helen here to instead of calling... The old lady, she calls the witness, but the old lady's there. 
So we get the so we're gonna watch her listen to this story while he dispassionately, understatedly does this. I, it's just so smart and it hit my to not go down the maudlin route. Could you tell what it was then? Yes. It was a cat. Single tear. What happened then, sir? Oopsie well, secured. I swerved. My windshield was broken. I managed to get into the breakdown lane and stop. I got out of my car and it was still kind of plastered to my windshield. What was? The cat. What happened next, sir? Called the police, uh, gave them a description of the car plus the first three numbers of the license, and then I, um, I removed the remains from my car. All right. We should, like, A, that was a terrific performance. Absolutely. From um, everyone, uh, from everybody, from Patience Cleveland, uh, but the witness and gave it such a good understated performance there, exactly what it needed to be, by John Cothran from Black Snake Moan, Yes Man, Boys in the Hood, The Last Ship, Murder in the First, Eastbound and Down, and on Enterprise, he played Greylick Durr in The Shipment on DS9, he played Telok on Crossover, and in Next Generation, he played Captain Dunakum in The Chase. Unnecessary Star Trek! Really, really good performance. And and just well-written, hey, well-constructed, that whole scene. Eleanor? Do you give any thought to what I said before? Actually, I've done nothing but think about it. Mainly my thought is, to what do I owe this lightning bolt of goodwill? Sorry? A sixth partner would tip that little power scale, wouldn't it? The Bobby Lindsay block would no longer control, and you being my champion, I'd have these pulls of loyalty, wouldn't I? It isn't about that. Really? Timing really is everything, I guess. You know what, Jimmy? Forget it. And forgive me for looking out for you. I don't want to be partner here, Eleanor. Too much politics for me. Wow. When I got Jimmy my first apartment, the whole thing. I had cockroaches. Though I would All right, hold though- on. This is the earliest we've done this, but it is It's closing time. I'm going time for it. To put your case to bed. It's closing time. Oh shit, man, that's high. Yeah. For the defense, the ever sexy Lindsay Dole. <laughs> Great. Well, if Bobby can be Gross. lecherous, why can't I? I hate cockroaches. Fair enough. Don't we all? Emo Lindsay. I mean, She's like evil in this episode. She's got the eyeliner told, on. The kitchen was infested with those gross bugs. It was a no-brainer. And for anyone um, out there, I'm sorry, we're not supposed to interrupt. I'm going to go back in time. Because that's the rule. We give closing time in the air. But... For anyone who might say that we are over-discussing the women's costuming, I will refer you back to season one, where we did nothing but speak about the oversized suits, the oversized ties, and how the how Bobby was so unkempt and needed people to help him get dressed. So it is equal analyzation. God damn it. Mike is defensive. Thirsty. <laughs> In defense of all women, Keith Barney. We all. <laughs> in defense I mean, of himself, Mike and Degleo. The kitchen was infested with those gross bugs. 
It was a no-brainer. That broadcast would put my client's restaurant under. They knew it. They aired it anyway. This is a loser case. Freedom of loser. the press. They had a duty, they might argue. Yes. Warn the public. But this case, it's not about free speech. It's about fraud. They made a promise. They breached that promise. As a result of that they breach, sign something? a family business has been no. destroyed. You know you who got defrauded? American- the customers who had to eat fucking bugs. That's who got defrauded. I went to a place for lunch with my wife. We've been to a million times before. Which place now? I, I want to I'm not going to say it on the podcast. <laughs> okay, tell it's me It's across the street from the beer garden. Really? So we're sitting there and we're having... Oh shit, I go there I know, all the time. Too. We did too. We frequent it often. Jen's eyes get huge. Behind me on the wall, which is the wall, I'm sitting by the wall, so it's three inches behind me, is a humongous cockroach humongous at this point i'm disgusted i move i move my food the waitress comes over do they do anything to rectify the issue they offered to move our table i was like they didn't do anything they didn't comp us they didn't take care of it at all and so we don't go there anymore so that you that bird has flown away yeah that's it yeah good one flag around their conduct internet sleuths will be all over that you can do that (laughs) but freedom of speech is never a defense to fraud i don't think anybody in astoria listens but us and let's ask ourselves that dirty little question we've all secretly been asking fans in this house house courtroom do we really really believe they went in there to do a puff very hot in boston we don't have any evidence to the contrary the truth lies in their minds only but when you look at the landscape of news today you see a lot of fluff features on restaurants Today it's about scandals and hidden cameras and catching people. Every kitchen has bugs. It's not a big deal, really, but add some good copy, some dramatic reporting, vivid footage, throw in a health scare, tease it during prime time. Could you be eating a cockroach tonight? That's a great hook. Easy to manufacture a story like that if you've got the footage, and if you don't, well, lie to get it. Lie proudly. If they've got the footage, they didn't manufacture it. Look what's happening today. Forget the tabloids. We have reporters at major... Actually, isn't that... Sorry, forget it. Forget the rules. We're going all over this closing. Isn't that the the purpose of reporting? So there's bugs at every restaurant here and there. Yes, that's true. If But if the health department says it's a clean bill of health, and then you your camera crew finds all these bugs enough that you could put them in a jar and show them to a camera. That to me seems like that is a story that is newsworthy, which is the, the very well, low bar. A story, it's a public service. It's actually working in our favor. Yeah. And if you, as a, yeah, you, as you, a consumer you, say, Hey, you know what? The food there is really great. I don't care if they got bugs in the kitchen. That's your prerogative. Totally. Newspapers, including the Boston globe right here, getting caught making up stories, writing stories about people who don't really exist, plagiarizing. CNN, Time Magazine, reporting about tailwind and germ warfare. Don't let the facts spoil a good story. You can just print the retraction on weekends or, or put it in a footnote. And- Uh-oh. Yeah, but then when the Globe makes that, does that great report on the, the child abuse scandal in the Catholic Church, spotlight. Yeah, they're heralded, so. Yeah, this whole storyline feels like uh, there, there was an article da- about David E. Kelly he didn't like. Yeah, right. <laughs> it came out. <laughs> and this is his payback. 
Meanwhile, RCN is paying you back for all yeah, your complaining again. This is a segment again. called Mike's Wife is on the Internets. That shouldn't matter. You have like a trillion gigabytes a second. Yeah, but my upload is shitty. So it's like I have a gig down, but only 20 megs up. So I think that because I'm trying to beam you an episode of TV. You only have a you only have 20 gigs up? Yeah, that's up? the way RCN does. They, they cap at 20. Really? You listen in RCN? Is that what I have? Yeah, you, you can't have any more. They they cap it. Oh, I don't think that that can't be true. It's true, man. What, am I gonna lie to you? Yes, no. I would lie to you. <laughs> but you you'd lie you'd like lie to me professionally. Yeah. Oh man, hold on. Ah uh, man, I don't really don't want to edit. Come on now. Oh, don't make him edit. Well, anything anything else we can talk about? Anybody? You got any bug stories? Look, I'm I'm speed testing right now to find out. Okay, so I got my my down is going to be about 340 uh, because I do not pay for the gigabyte down because it doesn't make any difference to my life. I can't possibly use it. Okay, uh, I peaked at about 35 up and now it looks like it's going to come in at, at 18. I think you're right. Wait, here, wait, hold on. Okay, getting closer. We're getting closer. Yeah, I, I uploaded 16. No, you're totally right. They do cap it. That's shitty. Okay, hold on. We're that's, getting closer, people. That's a, oh. This is Mike and Keith filling badly. Now everyone knows all about our upload and download speed. Major newspapers, including the Boston Globe, right here, getting caught making up stories, writing stories about people who don't really Close exist. Enough. Plagiarizing. CNN, Time Magazine, reporting about tailwind and germ warfare. Don't let the facts spoil a good story. You can just print the retraction on weekends or, or put it in a footnote. Anything to get the story and to get it first. But who they got it right hurt? here. You're not arguing the substance of the story. Do you have any listeners out there who side with the defense here about free freedom of the press and that they committed fraud? Please write in. I'd love to hear your side of the tale. Yeah, please. Do better than they were Lindsay. defrauded. It cost them everything they had worked their whole lives for. Hail, hail, freedom of the press. I think it's time to send a little message to all the cockroaches. Ooh. I think email Lindsay's turned evil this episode. It's just open season on the press these days, isn't these it? These are my friends. And why shouldn't it be? I mean, look at what the press has done lately. We all know that it was the media that planted that intern in the Oval Office. We know that it was the press that caused all those Republican congressmen to have that sudden explosion of conscience. And it was the hmm. journalist who convinced Kenneth Starr that his true calling was pornography. I'm sorry, Kenneth but we've Starr wanted to for the, the path, win. We? You went who into testified tear. in this impeachment this week. So, look... We, we're on top of things. Going back to 1999, we had that idea first. Right? Mr. Wyland. Journalism is like every profession. Some of it's good, some of it stinks. But for it to be good, it has to be unflinching. Yes, there was a representation made here that the article would be favorable. But that was based on the assumption that the kitchen was not bug-infested. Yes. Should we have written a puff piece anyway? 
The place is crawling in germs, but we promise to be nice. So, is that the kind of press we all want? What if we'd found body parts? Promise to be kind, don't end. Who are we kidding? They made a discovery, and it was news. Oh, there's a window unit, They too. would window have fan. you believe that some deal was made here, a deal which should be prioritized over the truth. Who are we kidding? When news is uncovered, reporters report it. That is the essence of a free press. We don't clear it through publicists. What if you bit into a cockroach one night? And then found out that we sat on that story. Mm. Great point. Yes. Send us a message. Good job, Lynn. Yeah. I believe you. I'm on your side. I was showing off for some friends like I was cool. And I did a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. And I know that it was cruel. This is the cat killer I, I played by Aaron Michaels Metchik. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. If you were sorry, you would have taken your earrings out. What were you thinking? Just that... I'm a sociopath? My friends were all laughing and, and daring me. And, and I guess I just felt that I... Like they were all looking at me like, like wow. You know, you're crazy. You're... You know that woman over there, Miss Tyler? He's still enjoying it. He's yes. like smiling. She your neighbor? Yes. You knew that was her cat, her pet? Yes. Fucked up. Counsel, statements? I'd like to address the court briefly, yes. Tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. Now this case is going on for like three days. Yeah, I think I would have tried to do it then when it was fresh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I think based on the evidence up there, I don't think she needs a closing. Just say, like, make your verdict. She does want to hear that sweet, sweet bumper again. She's like, I think Mike can sing that better next time. <laughs> hey, how'd it go? Okay, I think, wow, look at you. <laughs> I have a date with a Celtic. A Boston Celtic? Mm-hmm. Now they're getting paid again and looking at date. Lucy is dating... A Boston Celtic. For the win. I, I went through about three jokes in my head. <laughs> and, and we, you know what? Hold on. You deserve this. Thank you. Thank you for not saying any one of them. Well, I thought you got silent for a second there. <laughs> so we're still fighting. Bobby, I wasn't putting you down. I was talking about styles. I know. And you called me dry. You said I give dry closings. You say that? Yes, you did. Don't deny. Lindsay, as arguments go, this is a silly one. Maybe my feelings got hurt a little. Then I hurt yours. Whatever. But this really isn't worth a grudge. Yeah, maybe we should discuss why Eleanor's pissed at us. Okay. Let's go home. Get some sleep. That summation made me try. Are you living together? Funny. Hey! I don't think so. How's things? Jury's deliberating. Can't really tell. When are you going to deal with Eleanor? Rebecca's going to call I'll him out. I'll get to her. Bobby, she is still reeling no. from losing the asbestos client. She learned how much Lindsay makes. Okay, that was my fault. She's now urging Jimmy to make a play for partner so you two won't be able to control the votes. We have a little cancer growing here. 
I think you need to get to her now. Thank you, Rebecca. Yes. Let's schedule a meeting. I want everybody. Okay. I'm so sick of this. So you deal cooked with it. it. Okay, I guess we should just open it up. Here we go. I'm not a partner. I don't think I should be here. This is more like a team meeting, Jimmy. I want you here. Eleanor, let's begin with you. Bobby, sorry. Um, Stephen Wyland's here. I guess we should discuss... Parishioners, <laughs> it is time to contemplate All right, the that's enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God's greatest mystery. She's got a, pood- a poodle sweater on now. It's not a poodle skirt. It is a poodle sweater with an actual poodle crochet Someone on Someone made that. Um, and excuse thought me, that that 19-year-old would be wearing it. Um, how was your date with the Celtic? Slam dunk. I'm seeing him again. <laughs> You're dating a basketball player? They're the most law-abiding of all professional athletes, Eleanor. Yeah, but doesn't your head come up to his, you know, knee? Oh, she made the joke. She sure did. She absolutely made one of my three jokes. <laughs> and Lucy made the other. So there's one joke remaining. Slam dunk was one of them. Don't you come uh-huh. up to his... Is was number two. Uh-huh. And number three was a little racier. Guys, write in. <laughs> what do you think? The nice. third... You know, somebody makes the slightest remark about thing your that weight, quick to jump. But it's okay to make fun of the short statured. I was making fun of the tall statured. Absolutely sealed. Eugene's disgusted face pretty much just wrapped it all up for me. I was like, yeah, I'm with you, Eugene. What the hell's going on? Yeah, Eugene has had like two lines. Steve Harris has been like, I just I'm just gonna sit here and look like what the fuck? When when do I get a real liability? Not even a hint of it. We haven't had a Eugene case. I think case my client's going to want a public apology. Otherwise, no. your client is going to turn down four hundred thousand dollars. They put him out of business, which means he must need money. Wait, so half a million bucks? What we're hearing, yeah. So they're trying the the uh, TV station is trying to settle this and give the restaurant people half a million dollars. What is it? What is? What do they think they're going to get? If they win, what do you think? What do they think they're going to get awarded then? I, do, I, I mean, I don't. The the part I don't understand is why they think they're going to win. Yeah, take the like, half a million and open a new restaurant. Well, yeah, I mean, from their standpoint, definitely. Something tells me he's going to take it. We'll bring it to him. You have to. We've learned that he's Quickly. legally bound Jury's to do out. that. Yesterday, I Fan. just wanted to plead this out and get to a spa and have some Swedish sex god rub the cellulite out of my glutes. Wow. She just said that in court. Also, uh, there's guaranteed no cellulite on her glutes. In no universe would Helen Gamble have said that. We're going to play no. it again, in fact. That's... Okay. Jury's out. Yesterday, I just wanted to plead this out and get to a spa and have some Swedish sex god rub the cellulite out of my glutes. But then I met Mrs. Tyler over here, and suddenly, 
I became horrified at my not being horrified over this. That young man grabbed her pet and hurled it out of a car going 60 miles an hour on a highway. Imagine, and imagine you, me, and Mr. Marino not even batting an eye. It was somebody's pet. And if he gets to just throw on a tie, stand contrite, say he's sorry, and, and that's the end of it, well, who are we? What he did was depraved. It was sick. And if we don't punish him, well, maybe we get the society we deserve. I'm not saying lock him up forever, Your Honor, but for everybody's sake, even his, lock him up some. Agreed. I'm not going to stand here and defend what Brent Jones did. Catch a it touchdown? We should be horrified. But, as Ms. Gamble admitted, he played for the she changed her mind and decided against probation only because she met the owner of the pet. And suddenly this case has a human face on it. Also known as her client. But let's be honest. This is not a case about a crime against a person. Well, not client. You know what I mean. It was an animal. I don't mean to sound cold. And again, let me reiterate my own personal condemnation for this young man's act of cruelty. But this is about killing an animal. And the killing of animals, we slaughter. Cows, pigs, in cruel ways. Nobody gets arrested. Because they didn't do it for fun. Is an animal. Yes, a companion animal, one that's more loved by humans. If this was a bobcat caught and tortured in a spring trap, we wouldn't be here. But a domestic cat, we have to recognize the hypocrisy, don't we? No, because being caught in a spring trap is different than being hurled out of a car window. Well, and and again, I mean, I think spring traps should also be outlawed, but the motive here, I think, is very important. Like, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't for a purpose, you know, for food or for mercy or whatever. It was literally the motive here was to kill something because it's fun. And I think that matters. Also, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's like, there's got to be specific rules of, of like minimum punishments for animal cruelty and such. I guess depending on the level and XYZ, XYZ. I would. Im- I mean, I'm sure there's guidelines. I don't I mean, know. Michael Vick. I'm not. I'm not trying to conflate any issues. But I mean, that dog fighting thing. I mean, he went to federal prison for a while. Yeah, sure. Now there was an old lady here in Astoria who was killing cats with poison, killing alley cats with poison. She oh, got a yeah. fine. That's she's it? also white. Uh-huh. We're here not because of some. Unusual act of cruelty. I think they both deserved prison. Mike and Keith discuss racial inequality. <laughs> Straight white okay. guys discussing racial inequality. Pet. However much we might want to look at hear this from. as a crime against humanity, it isn't. This is a good young man. No record. Honor student from a good home. And he did something very stupid for which he is hugely sorry. Hugely. But we have to keep Doesn't things seem that in perspective. Sorry. 
$242,000. That's my problem. You know the pay structure, percentage of the business brought in. I know that we take her clients, not mine. You I know that. You voted on that asbestos right. client. Three hands for, two against, and since yours count double. Is that what you went to Jimmy? To put a hand in your pocket? Two hundred and forty-two thousand dollars. Since when did you take such a strong interest in math, Eleanor? Certain equations fascinate me. Try adding two plus two. You couldn't do that with your asbestos clients. What is that supposed oh. to mean? They're good people. They didn't know their stuff was killing people. That's crap. They knew at the turn of the century that asbestos kills. But if they pay their legal bills, we'll just ignore it. Oh, right. You can't even solve anything. Hey, Bobby. What? Hey! small. Hey. That was my... That's, the, that's what you meant, right? What what does Mike <laughs> think's gonna happen? The what you said? Uh, oh oh yeah. Thanks, yeah. thank yeah. I'm sure you made a note about that, but then I had to remind you. Oh, I'd go ahead and you can notes. all bite it off, but there's just not enough to go around. The Jacobs family's here. Let's pick this up in ten. Lucy I'm needs not- more than thirty-one grand. She's very good in her job. She is. Well, she's, she's getting there. What's your problem? Problem is this partnership. We used to be lawyers just taking the cases we felt like taking. Ever since we became partners, splitting up pieces of the pie, it's all about that. All about money. Nobody's forcing you, Eugene. You can divest. But the rot is already in the wood. So you might as well take your cut. You pissy oh, little you know bitch. What, oh, come on. I've been trying to defend you, but it's getting harder and harder. Defend me against what, her? Help somebody who needs it. Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? I'm just curious because they become hey, greedy little witches. Whoa! Oh, my God! She just leapt over the table and is literally fighting Eleanor on the floor. And now they've pinned Jimmy on the table. It's it's fine. They're just strategizing. Sweep, sweep. (laughs) And now the whole bolus of lawyers have crashed into the other room. What in the holy hell just happened? None of my business, but uh, you got a big morale problem here. I'm so sad I cut his joke off. So, I think we really need to to play-by-play that, because it probably just sounded like a lot of yelling. Yeah. Things got a little heated. (laughs) Eleanor called Lindsay a prissy little bitch. Lindsay uh-huh. then decided that it was appropriate to jump over the table, leap over the table, and begin to, uh, I guess we'll just say, attack Eleanor, who began to fight back. Crashes to the floor, on the floor, pins her down. A lot of a lot of back her. and forth breaking it up. Somehow Jimmy gets tangled to the bottom of the pile and is being choked to death. Then. Uh, they crash out into the office where clients are waiting to speak, and then uh, they learn that the jury has come back with a verdict in the cockroach case, and that's where we are. Wow. I'd say that we need to do some sort of team-building exercises. <laughs> Apparently, the whole team's brawling. That's an ex- They got exercise. Wow. Wow. Mr. Marino's point is well taken. We drop live lobsters in hot boiling water. We 
chop off chickens' heads and then happily enjoy the meal. Mm -hmm. To actually put a person in jail for killing an animal is... But I agree with Miss Gamble. This was an act against decency. And to trivialize it would be a crime against humanity. There has to be a consequence. For the sake of society, for the sake of Miss Tyler, for the sake of an innocent cat. I sentence you to one year in county, nine months suspended, the remaining three to be served. Starting now, bailiff, take the defendant into custody. Good. Adjourn. That seems very fair. Totally fair. Good job, Helen. Good job, Judge. Patience Cleveland just absolutely slaying every scene she's in. She really With is. With lines or not. Yeah. A lot of nonverbal acting in this one. Okay, jury's still back. Not too late. The offer's still I said pay. no. Joseph, it's $400,000. Take it. I want them to say that they are wrong. He's not going to take the money, and they're going to lose. They won't do that. Then we don't settle. They should. What's going to happen? Members of the jury, you've reached a verdict. We have, Your Honor. Your Honor, one second to confer with counsel. One second. Hurry up. 1.5. Still no admission. No. I want the admission. 1.5 million dollars. Million dollars. Okay. If it's unsealed, the public sees the amount. That's the same as an admission. 1.5, Joe. Take it. They're afraid it'll be more. Maybe. But that kind of money. God damn it, Joe! Counsel. Go ahead. Thank you. What say you? Jacobs versus WYPR Broadcasting Company. On the grounds of fraud, we find in favor of the plaintiff and order the defendant to pay damages in the amount of $200,000. We further ordered the defendant to pay punitive damages in the amount of $18 million. What in the holy hell? Did you say $18 million? Order! Order! You gotta be kidding me. Thank you. You jackasses. (laughs) Your Honor. The judge can do this, right? He did it before. Sure can. I'm not sure that's appropriate. $18 million. What the hell is that? You're fine for the plaintiff? Okay. Personally, I disagree. But I was prepared to let it stand. But $18 million? That sounds to me like there's bias going on. You seem like very nice people, but... I'll let the verdict stand. Tempted as I am to vacate it. But I'm cutting the damages to $2 million. You, sir, should accept it and smile. Yes. Now, I'm going to go for a walk. With any luck, I'll be nicked by a bus, sprain a knee, file a claim, get rich, and retire to the Bahamas. Adjourn! <laughs> Are we supposed to be happy about this? Two is nice. 18 is better, but two is nice. Though I will say, we'll talk about it later, 
awesome juxtaposition. For once, and I, you know that I don't usually like the juxtaposition between cases, this juxtapos- juxtaposition between verdicts seems very purposeful and, to me at least, very insightful. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Sure is. <laughs> we can open up a new restaurant oh. now. Mahogany tables, curtains. Oh, Bug spray. Curtains. I don't know how to say thank uh. you. <laughs> Zing. Congratulations, Lindsay. Thank you. A toast. Wait, 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 wait. Can we take That's a interesting. A little I'd detail like there. They've all got champagne, but Eugene has a Coke. I wonder if we're to infer that Eugene doesn't drink. Seems like a solid inference. Hmm. Interesting. Sure, well, with, with our lawyers. Come on. Ms. Washington, please. Sure. Again, Ms. Washington. Two million. Unbelievable. Tell me about it. That's almost 700000 to the firm on contingency. You realize that? Wow. And Lindsay's client, too. She can make over a million this year. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Smile. All right. Just learned. That guy laughs exactly like Keith. I thought that was you laughing. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I don't know what to say about that. Great. Great. Good. Evil and Lindsay. Evil Lindsay and Eleanor staring each other down. It looks like an ap- apologetic slash I want to make up kind of smile, though. Slash I told you so? Kind of got all of those pieces in it. To be continued, for sure. It's good yeah. performance. It's got a lot going on there. Okay. Guys, we have popped the cork on the end of season three, episode 15 of The Practice. Lots going on there. We had a brawl. We had... I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about all that. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? And you know, before we talk about Most Valuable Lawyer, did you get a a new arm for your mic? I did. I did indeed. Oh, very classy looking. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you. We're, uh, you know rocketing towards competence well let's not oversell it no but we know we can oversell our Keith we have a moral quandary for ourselves here okay because we have two victories this week I think right. that really we got to put Lindsay slash Bobby, the team of Lindsay and Bobby, up against the formidable team of Lindsay and Bobby, up against District Attorney Helen Gamble. Both cases were won. Helen made a, made a play for human decency, and right. Bobby and Lindsay made a fuck ton of money. Yes, and I think it really... All right, here's here's where we can parse this. It's most valuable lawyer. And it puts in our hands, what do we value 
more. Human decency or money. And for me, I value what Helen did more than I did what what Bobby and Lindsay did. You know, both, uh, even though I disagreed with how, how what, you know, what they did, I value the result of this old lady's feelings more important than the money. I agree, and here's how I'm going to parse it further. Helen could have simply taken the guilty plea, taken the win. Right. She decided to go further and actually hold someone accountable, right? And she did so by making a great case to the judge to hear her out on sentencing, calling that witness, like you said, was a deft move by calling the witness rather than the owner, right? and achieving that outcome. Bobby and Lindsay did make a lot of money. However, when the settlement offer came in, Bobby twice emphatically told his client to take it. So it was really his client that ended up, I mean, making the decisive call. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's fair that we say here, Helen Gamble was the most valuable lawyer. I agree. Congratulations, Helen, on your MVL. Which brings us to... Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Or first entry on your IMDb. Way, Way to go. go. You're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. This actress had all the things. A great performance. The single tear non-verbal acting, all the things you look for in a subtle yet effective uh, most guest act, best guest actor. So I would like to throw my hat in the ring for none other than Patience Cleveland as Sylvie Tyler. I think that's obvious. Yeah, she crushed it. Congratulations, Patience Cleveland, on your best guest actor. Oopsie, I wonder where she'll put it. Is she going to put it on the shelf? That's going to be lit. Is she going to put it somewhere ironic, like you know, when you put your Oscar in the bathroom? I don't know. Well, better question is, are we going to face certain demise the next time we go to the barbershop for not giving Len Cariou the award? Oh, well, I mean, to be fair, we'd probably face that demise either way. Because Look at us both rocking playoff beards, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, always, I don't have a playoff beard. I have a just, I'm fat, so I'm trying to hide my face beard. You have a playoff beard. And on that note, let's talk about... (laughs) You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show This is tough. Everybody was great. Everybody was great this week. Helen In a loony week. Yeah, Helen was great. Lindsay was great. Uh, Everybody was great. I, I... I need to hear you out. Well, and this is also where we're going to get into the problem of the writing versus the performance of it, because I kind of hated the conflict part of this. I thought it was, you know, certainly the fight. It's ridiculous and over the top and sort of not becoming of this show. But that's more about another thing. I... 
I think I've got to give it to Lara Flynn Boyle. I think she she did a good job. She, you know, basically played it straight with integrity. And, uh, yeah, I mean, no, it, it, nobody had a really showy mm-hmm. performance uh, this week. So I, I just have to give it to the characters. I was most compelled by the plot line I liked best. Yeah, I think that we've set a precedent that in these events when nobody sort of like outshines everyone else, we kind of go with whose episode it really was. And I think this was Helen's episode. So I think Lara Flynn Boyle for the for the another unanimous oopsie. Wow, look at that. We're crushing it. All right. That brings us to... The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady! Now, last week was one of those rare weeks where Tom did not win the award. Perhaps. Oh, that's a good point. Wow. Perhaps Tom did not win the award. Um, Unclear. But this week, I think we need to take a plane down to Miami... Where okay. chippy, chirpy, chirpy, chirpy rumors that maybe we have a new home destination for our buddy Tom. So I would like to put my hat in the ring this week for tan Tom Brady as for. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I have. I, I think I'm with you. I think that makes sense. So uh, congratulations, tan Tom Brady. Good luck on this, the image search on that one. Oh, I don't need to search it. I can make it. That's a good point. <laughs> I will. I think I'm going. It's it's not. Uh, you know, you can vote for tan Tom Brady. I'm going to be Trump Tom Brady. Wow. Just make him orange. Put, oh, okay, <laughs> great. I'll orange him up. All they, right. They, well, they are buddies. Uh, indeed, indeed. Yeah, he, he couldn't get the tan from under his MAGA hat. Hmm. Ugh. All right, here we go. Whoa. Spare tires. It is time to announce. How many spare tires this episode gets? Really like the episode. I really like the episode, and I'm going to tell you why I liked it. As because I, you like people hanging out of windows. Yes. You know, we, you and I joke about how many episodes end with them in the bar, having the same discussion of why do we do this, what's it all about, Alfie, that kind of thing. Right. And I thought that Helen's clothes this week actually was one of the best, most concise articulations of that, of of the answer to that question. We don't talk about right. the answer very often. And I think she finally gave an, an, an answer in that we become so desensitized to what's going on and who we're defending that human decency and, and justice is often overlooked or not prioritized. And that really spoke to me I thought the whole case, that whole arc, not only did it speak to me, but it was done from a place of heart. Everything she did for that lady, everything she said about that defendant was true and honest and heartfelt sure. and sure. and felt satisfying. And the uh, the resolution was fair. Obviously, the you know, the the truth is that we don't prosecute these types of crimes the same way we do crimes against humans and so he you know he doesn't go away for a long time and most of it was was served but he is going to go on his record he is going to spend three months in county jail which is serious that's serious deal especially for someone that young mm-hmm. that's juxtaposed with the other case which i thought maybe was a little we don't agree with the outcome but that shit does happen 
certain yeah. ca- certain cases are used as kind of precedent for sucking money out of big corporations uh, to to quote unquote, as Lindsay said, make a point. Let's send them a message. And she's very good at doing that. And they made a lot of money. They made millions of dollars for that guy. Were they right? I don't know that that's true. I think that the press was weakened. The press was weakened because of their actions this week. And the press, as yeah, we've no, learned, is so important. It, it, so I thought, I really I really liked the whole thing. Now, where I'll ding it a little bit is, like you said, the conflated argument slash giant fight scene out of nowhere, which I think was played for purely comic effect. Out of place. Completely unnecessary. I'm going to ding it. But still, I come out really loving the episode. I'm going to say 7.75. 7.75. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, I mean, in terms of Helen's case, I agree with everything you said 100%. And uh, that case, I rate very highly. I thought... Uh, Bobby and Lindsay's case was well argued and I and I think an interesting case to to make and I didn't I don't mind that as a storyline. I don't mind that our heroes are on at least from my opinion the wrong side of that. Mm-hmm. Um where I ding that case is in the resolution. I don't buy that being the the result of that and I don't buy I, I don't buy the case getting through, honestly. Uh, you know, I maybe there's a law there. I, I don't buy that as fraud. I don't think that you can make a case that that's fraud. Uh, I think, you know, if there was a contract, if there was a, you know, if somebody had said, like, this is off the record, but it wasn't off the record. So I, I don't buy it. I, like the 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 whole thing. I don't I don't see how that case got there. I don't see how that's the result. It felt very much like David E. Kelly pissed off at the paparazzi inventing this case, and it was like a personal grievance that he sort of created a fairy tale about, <laughs> as opposed to something that I feel would happen in the real world or in, in the world of this show. Fair. So I didn't like that uh, that part of it. You know I. I the you know how I feel about the sort of manufactured conflict between Lindsay and Eleanor. It feels false. It doesn't treat the characters well. Um, you know, and you know, not not to get all gendery about it, but like the whole like bitches be fighting element of this. I just I don't think reads well on anyone. And you know, the slapstick huge fight sequence like. This this show just won the Emmy for best drama. What are you doing? It's it, I I just I'm just not a fan. I'm just not a fan of that whole tone of that world. Um, so I think you and I might split the most ever on this episode, and I'm going to give it a five and a half to your wow. seven point seven five. So that leaves us with an average of math. Nope, six point six two five. Six point six two five. Yeah. All right. Let's compare that. Let's see what IMDb had given it. What other users had just? I think IMDb liked it. Ooh, seven point eight. So they liked it even a little bit higher than me. Well, they yeah. You're you're basically. I'm I'm in the minority. I understand that I'm in the minority. Ding in this episode. You're the outlier. Yep. 
But you know what? It is my right as the co-host of the Out of Practice podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or on our social media at Out of Practice Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can check out our blog on outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. You can see all of our accumulated ratings of the episodes, plus a ton of screenshots and graphics that I do every single week. You can join the jury by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service. Just let us know that it's there. If it's not on Apple, I check Apple, but the other ones I don't check, so send us an email at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Look at that. I just burned so much time. If you happen to be in Astoria, Queens this week, listen for the shouting, smell for the chili. I invite each and every one of our listeners to my Super Bowl party. Come on over to my apartment, whose address you don't know, and chill out and come to a party that is going to take place two days before you even hear this episode. That's right. And, the, and by party, you mean it's just you and me and our wives eating chili. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening for this full year. Keith, thanks for putting up with my bullshit. Go enjoy yourself some super laser sounds. Laser sounds.